0: By making the world a more beautiful place, Artemis publishes artists and writers from the Appalachian region of the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia
1: and beyond.
0: This is the time when we need to write and make art for the sake of healing our souls and enriching our communities. Welcome to Artemis Speaks.
1: Hello! Today,
2: I'm so excited to be speaking with Sylvie Granatelli. She is a professional ceramic potter living in Floyd, Virginia. I've followed her work for years, and as a disclaimer, I have been friends with Sylvie and have collected her pottery through the years. I just love it. Uh, Through the magic of Zoom, we're talking today, and I wanted to introduce you to Sylvie. Her work is just amazing. She takes very functional pottery into a high form of art, and I could go through her resume. She's been working her whole life, and it would take us the whole 20 minutes to talk about her accomplishments. She has been a gallery owner of the Troika Gallery in Floyd, Virginia, and she also Provides an active mentor program for young emerging potters. I'm going to read a statement about her pottery and then I'm going to bring her on board. This is her statement Making pottery for me is about giving and receiving simultaneously, it's about hospitality. I would like my pottery to embody my unspoken assumptions about our heritage and culture. How and what we eat is one of the means by which society creates itself and acts out its aims and functions. By thinking about food as identity, as sex, as power, as friendship, and as a means of magic and witchcraft, and as our time controller, I see food as the root of our culture, that which gives meaning to our lives. As a potter, I hope my pots will shape and dramatize the rituals surrounding food and allow me, the potter, to partake actively in the lives of those who enjoy my work. And I so enjoy your work. Sylvie, I eat off your plates and your beautiful bowls, and I'm thrilled to have you here today. So welcome.
3: Thank you. I'm happy to be here.
2: So through the magic of Zoom, we're here, and... um, let's let's get to know you a little bit. Uh, what is your background growing up, and were you introduced to art at an early
3: age? i um I grew up until I was thirteen in Louisiana and Texas, and I was interested in art as a young child, and my father um, provided me with a lot of materials to work with pencils and colored uh, chalks and things like that watercolors Uh, so i started drawing and uh excelled in school with art i was the map maker in the the catholic school that i went to of my my grade unit Um, at 13 we moved to chicago and uh, there there was a lot more um opportunity to be involved in art the school had a pretty good program that i went to the all of the schools that i went to did And um, I went to the Art Institute uh, in Chicago on the weekends where they offered classes in a range of of, uh, programs that I participated in during my high school years. Um, I went to an art institute in Kansas City for my undergraduate degree and then to Montana State for uh, graduate school. And through those those connections uh, really were deep and commitment was formed uh, in about 1968 for me when I started being a potter uh, in school and the way an art institute works is you pretty much immerse yourself in it um, for a good bit of the week and in in the evenings as well so it wasn't like you just take a class and you have three or six hours a week in it. It was really much more than that. So it was a good launch and I fell in love with ceramics. Um, Didn't go to the Art Institute thinking I was going to do that. I I sort of thought I would go into graphic design, but pretty quickly realized I wasn't really made out to go into that. That was a a different kind of person um, who tended to gravitate to graphic design. I was more tactile. Um, So, once I was out of school, um, going to graduate school was like a means to be able to teach on a university level. And that was what most potters did. But it also was simultaneous at the time when the back to the earth movement was launched in the 60s and 70s. And by the time I I started to wonder what I would do, I, I thought about teaching and applied for a number of teaching jobs. But then I decided I would be a, a studio potter. And um, that started in uh, Athens, Georgia, actually started in Chicago. Uh, I went back there and um, went uh, to a um, couple of different city programs that had um, uh, they uh, gills that uh, offered space for potters to rent and kilns to rent. And so I started really, making and marketing work on a more professional level at that time. I moved to Georgia and I set up a first studio there. And then I moved to Berea, Kentucky and taught at a a small college called Berea that had a a program, an apprenticeship program. Uh, It was a school that um, fostered uh, a a promotion of, of traditional crafts and all the students went on a scholarship that they they participated in one of these crafts and that helped to pay for their education so that was where i started with uh, having a a mentorship and apprenticeship with students and that was um, a very uh, interesting experience and i I wanted to be a studio potter so after that job ended in about five years i moved to virginia where i live now it's about in 1980 um 81, and I was like 34 or 30, 30, 35, something like that, and um, I set up a studio uh, in Floyd, Virginia, and it was, um, it was a simple studio, and over the years, it, it grew, and my business grew. I, um, I just kept making pots and finding markets to sell them and uh, finding ways to teach around the country through workshops and internationally as well. So that's kind of my background. Well,
2: Floyd, Virginia has a cluster of potters. I guess that's a, a huge community. And I've seen uh, younger potters, uh, some of those that you've mentored through the years, stay on. It's uh, For those of you that don't know Floyd, it's it's a high mountaintop rural community, but it attracts a lot of artists and musicians. We're right off the uh, Blue Ridge Parkway. I mean, I call it the doorstep to heaven. It's so gorgeous up here, and I can see why artists love it up here. But, you know, we're pretty isolated, too. But you have an amazing following, and you are part of a group called 16 Hands, and you have two um, tours twice a year. People come from all over, right? And And you've gathered quite a following. People come just to see you. You want to talk a little bit about that and maybe how that's changed this year
3: yeah we started the tour in 1998 uh, so it's been going for 20 some odd years and um, it's it was just um, to kind of uh, find a local audience you know so we were uh, we were just looking to be able to make a part of our living right where we live because all of us We're doing wholesale around the country and doing uh, shows around the country uh, and in galleries all around the country. And we wanted something at home and we wanted the community that we live in to become more aware of the kinds of uh, potters that lived here and that we would contribute something back to the community through having this tour because it brought in people from all, well, I'd say from 500 miles away sometimes that would come just to uh, buy pots, oddly enough, (laughs) and with good reason, I'd say the crafts and objects, they really move people. And there are people who just find uh, that that tactile usability of crafts, uh, something that really enhances their life. So they're willing to go through quite a bit of trouble to Come and see good uh, objects, whether it's textile arts or furniture or whatever it is. It's, it's, uh, it moves people to want it, and uh, we're grateful for that. It, I have the same, uh, the same compulsion. I collect pottery. I collect a lot of things, so it's, uh, it's, it's the love of objects. Um, not sure what the rest of that question. Well, was. I, you know, no. through how the years, right?
2: How has it changed this last year? Because it used to be physical contact. People would come up, and it changed this year with the uh, coronavirus.
3: Yes, it's changed uh, dramatically. And it it required all of us um, who were in mid mid and late career to have to learn things that we never dreamed we would have to learn to do that are in the whole digital world. Marketing was a completely new uh, process. And uh, because we also have the pandemic going on right now, it uh, it's made marketing really important because so many people are trying to make a living and get the word out about what they do. So I think the, the people who are looking are overwhelmed with uh, information. So it's it's uh, it's a it's an ongoing learning process. We're trying to figure out the right amount of posts to put out there in the world, and um, the sales have been the same. But the difference is. Uh, And this is true for all of the people in 16 Hands. The sales have stayed the same, uh, even though they're sold online, but the audience has become broad. Where it was a local audience, say from Washington DC to Richmond to uh, maybe Atlanta, Mm -hmm. that diaspora of people would sometimes come as far as Floyd. But now, because a lot of us have done workshops all around the country and in Canada as well, we're getting people from those areas that are buying pots. So the audience has broadened and the sales have stayed about the same, but we've lost a lot of local people because they're, um, they feel like it's, this is gonna be the last time we'll have to not come and we'll come later. And so it's been a very interesting uh, thing to have to deal with and to f- try to figure out I'm not sure all of us have figured this out, but it's Mm -hmm. ongoing, and we don't know for how long, so we'll see.
2: And now you have to ship as opposed to handing it over, do a transaction, and and they walk away with it. We've had to deal with with that with Artemis Journal, whereas I used to have live events and sell a lot of books. Now I ship. Now I've got a shipping enterprise going on. Yeah, that's a that's an expense and a time consuming and it is
3: it very much is and I I just after we had this last um, uh, 16 hands uh, virtual tour, I packed pots for about 15 hours. And that was a long time to be packing pots. (laughs) And most of them are, you know, it's like maybe one, two, three pots. It's seldom where it's a pile of pots. And when it's a pile of pots, it's many boxes. Yes. So it it really uh, uh, takes a lot of time and a lot of materials to do that. Mm. Fortunately, people in the Floyd area save packing materials uh, and give them to us so we can reuse uh, uh, plastic peanuts and, um, things like that uh, bubble wrap they'll save that and pass it along to us so it's that's a great help um but yeah it's uh it's it's very different
2: and none of us are traveling like we used to I know you are a world traveler and you've taught in Europe right and yes and and you you have been influenced by many cultures what is uh, your favorite place to travel and and
3: why and how's that affected your work? Well, my favorite place is India, and um, it's it's a place where handcrafted things are just so abundant, and they're so beautiful, well done, intricate, um, the people are beautiful, the textile arts are just unbelievable, and it, the historical um, uh, artifacts, buildings, uh, the palaces, uh, the things that People made in those times, in the Mughal times, were just spectacular. There were—it's um, hard to describe. Uh, Any anyway, rate, I like I like India because uh, it has such a rich history in uh, handcrafted things, um, and especially textile arts. I also like Turkey. Uh, I like the people in Turkey. They—they're very generous. They live close to the earth, and they have a, a way of interacting that's uh, very embracing. And uh, it was shocking to me. And again, that country, all, all countries around the world have fabulous art. That's it's not really um, unique to these uh, uh, Eastern countries. But uh, Turkey has palaces as well with things that were made that just blow you away. They're so unbelievable. And that's inspiration. You know, it's a uh, Turkey has a lot of uh, ceramic art textil- uh, tiles um, that are in mosques and buildings that are uh, patterned and uh, just incredible history with uh, ceramic arts.
2: You mentor younger potters. Uh, every year you seem to have, you know, apprentices and I've, I've noticed some of them have stayed on. Um, how has that worked for you and why do you do this?
3: Well, I started thinking about it when I was at Berea College and teaching in their um, apprenticeship program. And uh, when in the early 90s, I decided to start taking in young people because I was doing a lot of workshops, so I would meet people all around the country. And there were a lot of times there were young people who wanted to get started as uh, professional potters, and I would have liked to have worked with somebody uh, that could mentor me. I just kind of had to go blind through it and there weren't a lot of professional potters when I was young. So I thought this would be a good thing and a good way to give back to the field. So I started um, uh, inviting people when I would meet them, usually at workshops when they were interested. And that was the way it started. And then it evolved and I uh, had a lot of uh, uh, colleagues and friends who taught at universities and they would steer people who wanted to be professional potters my way. And uh, so, I've had over about 25, 22, I'm not sure how many people now since those early 90s. Um, And they stay with me for about two years. And the focus is to pretend that you are a professional potter for two years and see what it feels like. And they never feel like professional potters because they're just starting and profession sort of makes it seem like you have to be further along, but that's, that's the way I look at it is uh, you, you, you kind of pretend that you are what you want to be and you will be. And um, they have often found that the community here uh, was receptive and that they realized the value of being in a community where there were other people that they could share um, ideas with, they could share technical information with. It was a support system. So some of them have settled here. I've had five apprentices who've settled in the Floyd community and we still have ongoing relationships. Some of them are in 16 hands now and they make beautiful work. And I I feel, I feel so grateful to have young, young people in my life that are doing and loving what I love.
2: Sylvie, one other question. Um, your your pottery is so unique. It's It's beautiful just to hold it. You have a special formula for your clay. I noticed that on your website, you actually give the amount of ingredients. Can you talk a little bit about your clay
3: and how you get it? As yes, the clay that I use is porcelain and the formula is a, a combination, it's like a recipe that you would use in cooking. It's a variety of materials, all clays and feldspars uh, that come from different parts of the country, America, but the, the Part that makes it porcelain comes from England. It's called grog clay, and it's dug in England. It's, there's deposits of grog around the, the around the world, but the, that's the one that's closest to us. Uh, America has porcelain um, growlic, or not grog, but kaolin is in the uh, southern part of the United States, in Florida and Georgia. But um, I have that body uh, clay body made in Asheville at High Water Clays and um, they they will make any formula that you want to give them. You just have to buy a ton or two tons at a time. and I do that every year and a half. Well, you give
2: back so much. and you know, your studio is, gorgeous with the solar panels you built it and what a wonderful opportunity for these young people to come into a beautiful working studio to be alongside you and watch what you do and you know pottery is labor intensive isn't it you can use some extra hands i'm sure from time to time and uh, it's 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 remarkable witnessing it from the outside well, looking forward, I'm going to close up our conversation here, and you are a local potter, and uh, if anybody would like to view some of your work, you can visit her website. Uh, Sylvie's website is Sylvie, Granitelli g-r-a-n-a-t-e-l-l-i.com you can look at her work and see just some of the beautiful things she does I want to thank you for joining me today and I've been speaking with Sylvie from Final Track Studio with my co-producer Skip Brown thank you Skip for making this happen and I thank my audience for joining us until next time thank you, this is Artemis Speaks
0: You've been listening to Artemis Speaks. Artemis is a charitable organization now 43 years old and has evolved to be all-inclusive, a journal with essays, poetry, and art. 10% of the journal's sales are donated to a women's shelter in southwest Virginia. If you're interested in learning more, ArtemisJournal.org. You can mail us directly to P.O. Box 505. Floyd, Virginia, two four zero nine. The closing music and the opening music you're listening to is Jordan Harmon, and the song is just slow down. A very appropriate comment for the times that we're in. If you want to read, you have to slow down. Artemis Speaks, the podcast, is recorded twice monthly at Final Tracks so Studios. All rights life. reserved and is co-produced by Jerry Because Rogers you can't and buy Skira. back your time.
1: And you know you can't lose touch of those things. so cool We got everybody walking around Trying to do the same thing that everybody else they do And you know Oh yes you know You gotta be yourself Yourself is all you got, and all you got is what you need. Look in the mirror, see it clearer. The answer's staring at you. And so just slow down and life, because you can't buy. Just slow, down, just slow down, down if you've got to. Just slow down if you've got to, baby. Just slow down. Yeah. Just slow down if you've got to, baby. Just slow down if you've got to. Just slow down if you've got to, baby. Just slow down. Just slow down if you've got to, baby. Just slow down if you've got to. Just slow down if you've got to, baby, just slow down. Just slow down if you've got to, baby, just slow down if you've got to. Just slow down if you've got to, baby, just slow down.